Hello, library lovers. Welcome to Shelf Speak, the Palo Alto Library podcast. Shelf Speak is produced by the Teen Library Advisory Board, or TLAB. We're a group of Palo Alto teens who connect our community through library programs, resources, and events. Join us for book, movie, and TV recommendations, and to hear our two cents on current events. advisory board. Hello, I'm Chloe. Hi, I'm Abigail. I'm Evelyn, and today we're talking about the recent paywall that was put up on No Fear Shakespeare, a resource used by high school students everywhere by Sparknotes. How have you all noticed that? I was actually doing an assignment for Hamlet for my English class, and I wanted to go in and look at double meanings and stuff, and I found out there was this big green cover on it saying now you need Sparknotes Plus. Wonderful. We love Sparknotes. It gave me the same energy as like, I don't know if you all used Slater. It was this uh, textbook tool where it basically had answers to different calculus and physics and chemistry, etc. textbooks. And then they put uh, Quizlet bought Slater and it became part of the Quizlet Plus package. So you had to pay a yearly subscription in order to access those answers, and I had been relying on Slater for my life and my calculus grade. So, <laughs> same for physics. I just, I, you always look up a question on Google, and it says, "Okay, Chegg has the answer," and then mm-hmm. you click on Chegg, it's like, "Nope, you must pay." Oh, so annoying. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. for Spark Notes as well, if you're trying to decipher the meaning of some random obscure phrase, you have less hope than before. Especially because with No Fear Shakespeare, you can, like, read through the whole passage, so you're still doing your reading. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which is why it's so sad for them to take that resource away, because if you actually wanted to do your English reading... It dissuades you from actually trying to dive into the text, and then it just kind of forces students to go to the Sparknotes summary, which doesn't give you the same depth, and like you, you said, like, the kind of dual meaning of different words. Shakespeare uses a lot of motif and symbolism and what have you. Um, and you can miss a lot of that nuance if you're just reading a summary. Like, and then Hamlet punched Ophelia, and then Ophelia drowned herself. Like, it doesn't give you the same yeah. meat. You get it's... no dialogue, you get no scene notations, or like, where did this happen? What was the mood of the scene? All that mm-hmm. context is lost, which is important for English essays and all sorts of assignments. Facts. So I just looked it up, and Sparknotes Plus costs $5 a month. You can get pulled into, I don't know about all of you, but when I sign up for a subscription, sometimes I forget about it, and even oh, if I yeah. stop using something, it just keeps, you like, cancel my it. money. I'm looking at you, Digital Theater Plus. <laughs> cool. So what, I guess, what books have we been reading this year that we've been trying to use Sparknotes for, mm. or that we've had frustration with? Oh, I, I used it for, for Comedy of Errors, because I had to actually read modern takes on my characters' mm-hmm. lines in order to understand what they were, because you can't glean that from a summary. Theater yeah. plug. Yeah, so theater plug! <laughs> I had to, were you acting in Comedy of Errors? Yes, I was. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I did the same thing, because I was in Midsummer Night's Dream as a oh, freshman. Awesome. Um, 
and I had I was bottom, so I had these lengthy uh, monologues and soliloquies that I had to figure mm. out. And having the modern day interpretation of the text was really helpful, especially when I was trying to make character choices. Yeah, you know what? Bring me a Midsummer Night's Dream. I think that was actually my first Shakespeare play that I read. No, way. and I think I read it in like a seventh grade, if not eighth grade. And mm. I, my seventh eighth grade brain would not have been able to comprehend nope. Shakespeare without. No fear Shakespeare. So I feel like putting a paywall on something that's already so widely used by students is just like discouraging them from like going to the plays. This is sort of a a little deviation from the main topic, but I always think it's interesting that we're teaching Shakespeare in the classroom and kind of reading it like a novel or like just a text because in its day, Shakespeare's plays were meant to be accessible to the common people. Like people could pay a couple of pennies and stand in like the the bottom of the globe theater and watch plays for a relatively low fee so it was supposed to be um catering to both sort of highbrow audiences and lowerbrow common people and the key part of that was that you had actors putting meaning behind the words and it's hard to get some of that meaning by just reading it as a play or like reading it as a text so i'm curious what you all think of having shakespeare as like required reading in english class no, yeah, you know what? I think that's something that's like like hugely missed in. <laughs> I think something that's like largely missed in English classes um, is that Shakespeare is just so different in writing than it is in performance. Like, mm-hmm. if you read a monologue, it will make zero sense to you until you get, the, get to the end of it, and then yeah. you have some chance of understanding what the character means. But well, like, what Shakespeare is so much more than the text that he wrote on the page. Like, sure, he's a literary theatrical genius, but like his the words that he wrote were meant to be spoken on stage with meaning and interpretation mm-hmm. behind them. And it's just so frustrating when, when to me when people are like, oh, I don't like Shakespeare because I can't mm-hmm. understand it. Yeah, and in Shakespeare, uh, like, not to cut you off, sorry, no, but, good. like, people lie or there's double meanings for things, and mm-hmm. it's hard to see those, especially when in English class often people, you're like, okay, you're assigned to read whoever's role, and then they just read it in a very monotone voice, like, to be or not to be, that's just a question. <laughs> no. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And if you had actually people actually up there, like, sure, they would know all stage directions, or, like, even maybe watching, like, a version of the play at the end of when you actually read the work could be helpful, because then you get a lot more of the meaning and, like, context. Yeah, I feel like a great solution to that is that teachers should show kind of, my teacher actually did this this year and it was great, like mm-hmm. alongside as we were reading, um, we read, uh, not Hamlet. What's the one with like the, maybe we read Hamlet? Macbeth? Macbeth. I was going to say, what's the one with the Scottish guy goes insane? Flag. And then I realized that could be all of them. <laughs> there's usually, um, <laughs> there's usually yeah, a guy going insane. So we were reading Macbeth and at the same time they were showing the movie that was like a pretty true to the book. Mm. And it just, it makes such a difference to see it acted out, especially because there's a lot of sarcasm and stuff, I feel like, in Shakespeare's plays, mm-hmm. or, like, you know, like, funny, like, turn, like, the way that they're saying things. So it was just great to see it, to to be able to watch it, because, you know, it really, like, helps you as you're reading it. So I think, like, even if, like, if your teacher isn't showing the, like, a movie of it, like, it's, it could be worth it to try to seek that out and watch it as you're going through it in class, because it'd probably make it easier to, like, do well on reading quizzes and 
things like that. Oh my and god, please do go on YouTube and, like, search up, like, Shakespeare in the Park oh, yeah. performances. Like, oh. before auditions for Comedy of Errors, I went and I, like, just sat and I watched the whole, instead of reading the text, I watched the whole mm. Comedy of Errors online. And, yeah, really and it's so much less boring. Yeah. It is so much, it is less, so much less boring. boring. You know what? Else, something else I find really frustrating is that people will say that they don't understand the thoughts of Shakespeare, which I understand. There are plays that are, like, humongously more complicated than other mm-hmm. ones. He makes very... Like, Midsummer Night's Dreams, for example. Midsummer Night's Dream, he had to be on something. Like, like it's a fever dream. All the characters it. have more complex, like, intentions and, I guess, like, backstories, kind of, mm-hmm. or, like, allegiances then you can understand when you just read it through straight Yeah, like, it's such a complicated, like, web of romance for that one. And Mm -hmm. I just think, like, watching it makes the plot come alive, and it's it's so much easier to follow than, like, when he, like, switches characters in between scenes, Um, which is, I think, something that a lot of English students miss out on by not looking for performances. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should replace No Fear Shakespeare with just YouTube videos of Shakespeare. Yeah, Shakespeare. And I, I really appreciate when you're watching it along with a class and then my teacher would sometimes pause the video and be like what are we getting from this what were the rhetorical devices Iago was using in that speech like we kind of unpacked it together and checked in that we just understood the basic meaning before we tried to do any sort of analysis and while we're on the topic of videos that make Shakespeare interesting I'm gonna plug David Tennant as Hamlet that's a really captivating (laughs) performance so many interesting character choices and set design and I'm a huge Good Omens fan so I really love David Tennant just plug and there's we watched um i think there's a lot of merit in watching modern interpretations or sort of retellings because we watched a version of hamlet as well that was set in an african kingdom and had like people playing drums and a lot of kind of traditional tribal dress and it was really interesting to see new life breathed into the script in that way where do you guys stand on nomeo and juliet nomeo and juliet story that's what i was thinking of and now it's like a tiktok trend like the, is it actually the nomeo and juliet song like the elton jong song i have oh not seen that <laughs> it is um, i love that movie so much it's been a couple years, years. Yeah. yeah there was a sequel too there was a there's sequel a, yeah what i think no I, the only thing i remember is that nomeo was like prematurely gray and i was like is oh, it yeah. old? Yeah. <laughs> the only thing i remember is someone getting shattered in a road that's Nomeo and Julia, and you do like a comparison with like that, and like the one with Leonardo DiCaprio, <gasps> and then like the original movie, oh not God. the original, but like yeah, I would take that class fully. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's very interesting. I do feel like it it breathes new life into the into the story to see some of these more modern adaptations. Mm. Oh my gosh, and like Clueless. Oh no, Clueless. Yeah, Clueless is is that Shakespeare? Something. No, that's it, Jane Austen. What are the um, other so modern right. movies that are made out of oh Shakespeare God, plays? Oh, oh. we talk about. Lion King and which one was it? Oh, 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 Lion oh King yeah, is it the Lion King is like? Uh, is it? I think it was Hamlet. Actually. It was Hamlet. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Scar, Scar is Claudius. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Wait, what? it's actually no. Yeah, it was. I I feel like it's like a fact that sticks in the back of my brain and I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. I wonder. Wait, if wait, like, wait, does that mean that Timon and Pumbaa are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Oh, oh, oh my God. That's so cool. It changes the whole way I see the movie. They literally are. Wait. Oh my gosh. Did you guys ever read The Twelfth Night? Twelfth Night yeah. Shakespeare? Apparently, she's the man. 
is an adaptation of Twelve Night. Have you guys seen She's the Man? No. You haven't seen, oh my gosh, with Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum? Well, okay, uh, you guys should watch it. She's the Man okay. is such a funny movie. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, but okay. I don't know how it could be based on Shakespeare. She like, which, which oh. She like, well, if she's the man, like, we all are, like, cross-dressers. Yeah, that's what she does. That's she dresses probably, as yeah. a guy in order to play on the boys' soccer team. Ah. So, wait, wait you guys should watch it. No, 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 stop. I have heard of this movie. It's wait, so funny. Wait, is that the one where, like, then she has the romance with the other girl? With... And the... I've seen, like, clips yes, of it. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, for everyone listening, watch She's the Man. It was made a while ago, so... I don't know if it, like, I don't know Shall how it takes it. We completely or... forgot about, like, one of the most well-known adaptations, which, which is West Side Story. Oh, my oh, God. Well. That's so true. Yeah. Have oh, any of you guys seen the new something. movie? The new one? I didn't watch it. I, I heard it was like, good. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, though. Uh, actually, it. I've heard that, uh, what's her name? Ariana de DeBose. DeBose. Yeah, I've heard she was good, but people didn't like well, she got an Oscar, oh, didn't she? Mm-hmm. She was yes. like, she was like the, fir- the first. She might have been the I first openly queer, queer woman, woman of color, color. Yeah. to get an Oscar for like best supporting actress. That is big. Yeah, I've heard people don't like the the the, the, what's the other lead, the guy, the guy Tony. Name. I don't know the guy. I don't know the the actor's he was, name. He was he was in Fault in Our in Our Stars too. Was he actually? I've yeah. never watched that movie. Me neither. I read the book. John Green, Crash Course. King, Hank Green. That was such a, like, <laughs> a digression. <laughs> That's like this, not the STEM opposite, but the other version of your Shakespeare for like uh, all other subjects. Yeah, because they do, don't they have like crash course literature or something? Yeah, there's like ones for like every book. And like there's like Ted Ed, you know, there's, there's you other that for Shakespeare. Access. But the thing is, those are similar to the Sparknote summaries. They don't give you like the same nuance. It's true. Line by line. But they have cool animations. So true. <laughs> oh, something that I, um, uh, I remembered learning a while back that apparently Dead Poets Society is a very loose adaptation Robin of, Blake. it's a loose adaptation of Midsummer Night's Dream in some way. That's, that's wild. wild. We should put together a list of Shakespeare, uh, books and modern oh, retellings. Yes. So Next that, you know, book list. now that you don't have No Fear Shakespeare, you can, you know, if you're reading it in class, you watch the movie, but yes. it's not like a... Like a bore, not boring, because plays aren't boring, but like a, <laughs> it's like a modern retelling. Like apparently 10 Things I Hate About You. Have you guys seen that movie? No. You guys haven't seen 10 Things I Hate About You? So it's like, the, it's like one of my favorite movies. It's like a romantic comedy um, with Julia Stiles and like. What's it based on? Uh, it's based on The Taming of the Shrew. Oh. So. Oh, there's I've so heard many that. good I've heard Taming of the Shrew is a little bit off its own. No, no, like, but it's a kind of wait. It's such a good movie, note. though. Isn't Taming of the Shrew about like this, like a woman named Kate who's like got a fiery temper because Bridgerton is also about uh-huh. a woman named Kate who has a fiery <gasps> temper. <laughs> I'm drawing a parallel where there, where there isn't one, but I just had to talk about Bridgerton at some point in this podcast episode. <laughs> it's so good. Mm-hmm. Should make a cameo in each one of your record. <laughs> yes. Like, oh no! Take, you know what I? Okay. I just learned that there's a Lion King sequel, apparently, yeah, one which of goes off of Romeo and Juliet instead of Hamlet. Is that what it does, really? <laughs> apparently. That's, that was that's the one with, like, Scar's did. son and Simba's daughter. I have no idea. I've never oh, watched it. Did they, what? Did they, did they really? Oh. Is that the plot? Apparently. Wait, wait, wait. Aren't they related? Ew. Yeah, isn't Scar his uncle? Is- <laughs> Guys, people bury their cousins in Alabama. I mean, uh, in like medieval times, they did too. So that's true. It's, and true. It's based on the time period. Or the medieval. Uh, I don't know. You I don't 
too love is shaky on its endorsement of the second one. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's so much questionable romance stuff in Shakespeare anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I mean, hello, Romeo and Toxic Juliet. relationships. Also, no, no, I mean, like, Gertrude really did, like, wait for her husband to die, and then two weeks later married his brother. Oh. Like, this, I'm, I'm, this is like an Olivia Rodrigo moment. Like, good for you. <laughs> Took you two weeks to go off and marry him. Also, back to, like, like 12th night, uh-huh. the whole thing about, like, what is his name? Duke Orsino is like, oh, turns out Olivia doesn't like me. Oh, Viola, you're a woman. Awesome, marry me. <laughs> yeah. Wait, doesn't, doesn't, like, Olivia marry Viola's brother, Sebastian? Yes. Right? Like, Obviously, okay, Shakespeare, the original queer. queer baiting. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Shelf Speak. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Palo Alto Library, check out our YouTube channel, and subscribe to our teen newsletter to get all the upcoming teen events and more for each month. We hope you'll continue to listen in, library lovers, and we'll see you next time.